going on everybody hello again and welcome back to another episode of the watch report with me john luke well that's right make some noise Time it up get excited we're back again boy we're back again girl yes sir yes sir yes sir we are here with another episode another rendition of the world show report of course like i said before i'm your host jean-luc Welch. thank you so much for taking your time out to listen to the show my goodness uh, we got a jam-packed episode for you today for me to give my opinions thoughts and break down everything and all in 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 that's happening in the sports world uh again yesterday was mlk day Monday, Martin Luther King Day, and so, you know, took the day off, not just to remember and reminisce on the uh, beliefs and the the motives that Martin Luther King stood for and his fight for civil rights that we are still continuing to this day. I Have a Dream is not just a anecdote in American history, but it is a legitimate goal that we're still looking to reach, and everybody must work together to look forward to and, and, and push forward to in order to actively achieve said dream. But also, I use that holiday because... I'm black. I deserve it. More than most of the <laughs> That shit don't go away. I'm a Negro. If there was any day for me to take off, it would be Martin Luther King Day. <laughs> oh, man. If there was any day that I had a, I had a, a, a leeway to be able to say, you know what? I don't need an episode today. That, that, yesterday was the day. So don't give me no grief. Don't give me <laughs> no flack. Don't go it. This is what I, this is our day. Don't, this is one of our days. So we, we deserve it. We deserve it. <laughs> we, we deserve it. Oh man. But, uh, Break aside, now we're back. We try to actually regularly schedule program of entertainment, analysis, and fun for you, the viewer, and the listener to be able to enjoy. So thank you again for joining and listening to the show. Just remember, as a quick plug, we're on right here on YouTube where you can see and hear my beautiful face and my um, my beautiful face, excuse me, and my amazing voice. <laughs> at least I hope it's beautiful. And I hope my voice is soothing. If not, well, this is exciting. I say that much. <laughs> um, we're also on Apple, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and every major podcasting platform. So you can listen to this anywhere, anytime, any place. And also, by the way, share this channel and, and, and like the video, comment your thoughts and opinions, and subscribe so we can build up this empire together and make this thing bigger and better and better and better and better so that I can get some revenue for you. Good. Gotcha, I'm almost at 100. Not almost at 100. Good God, I'm almost at 200 subscribers. We crossed the threshold of 100. My goodness. Oh, I was waiting on it. Before the end of the month happened, we did it. We did it. And it's all thanks to you, the beautiful viewers and listeners of this show. We got to 100 subscribers. Good gosh, we had it. We almost at 150 right now. Did the last video blew up. Thanks so much for jumping on the bandwagon. Not even, it ain't even a bandwagon. I'm still coming. I'm still on the come up. Don't worry, you still. I got time to jump on the boat before we explode into the atmosphere <laughs> into the atmosphere of fame but <laughs> oh man at least i hope so i'm working towards it but again last video blew up uh, uh and and the last couple of videos actually blew up and and people responding commenting thank you for all the comments thank you for all the the, the likes and the, the the kind words i really do appreciate it. i'm doing my best to make this show bigger and better and as good as it possible for you the viewer because that's what you deserve wholeheartedly but again 
Uh, outside of that, okay, no, 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 not to see the side. Ah, okay, ah, support, support. Thanks so much, by the way. We can never get enough of it. We'll always be grateful. But let's push that aside because, doggone it, we got some stuff to talk about today. We got Oscar De La Hoya and his, his train wreck. Well, maybe not train wreck, but his, uh, we'll call it an empty threat that's going on in the world of boxing with Ryan Garcia and Javante Tank Davis, as well as Dallas beating the Buccaneers. Good gosh, is this it? Is this the year? Is this the time for y'all to actually get to the Super Bowl, the game of games, the America's World Cup, the uh, America's yearly World Cup, which is the biggest game of the year, the Super Bowl. Can they actually do it and what is Tom Brady's future now that he's been knocked out of the playoffs after a very subpar performance? We're going to talk about all that on this show right here, right now. So let's jump right into it. And right now, it's time for boxing. So you know what that means. Any sort of combat sports, it's time to step into... Oh, not that wrong sound. It's time <laughs> It's time to step into the ring. That's right. Come on. Ring the bell. Let's get it on. Round one and the only round for this uh, combat sports bout. Oscar De La Hoya on Monday, mind you. At a, well, excuse me. Early, or was it the evening on Sunday? Uh, maybe early Monday. I can't remember when. Anyway, uh, the day before Monday. We'll call it that. Just had to save it. Sunday. Oscar De La Hoya sent out a tweet saying, I have not received a contract from the Javante Davis and his group. Hence, if we don't get a contract by Monday, I am moving on. Uh, emphasis on the I am moving on. Fine, looking for another opponent. That's what Oscar Holder tried to uh, do, or at least tried to threaten, to the boxing public and specifically to Javante Tank Davis and his camp over the weekend and over the, the MLK holiday. But apparently it's my it's it's it monday's gone came came and went tuesday's here and nothing's come about and this is just one of the big things that that i hate about this what i have said this countless times boxing i love to love the sport but i also hate to hate this sport but i have to hate this sport because of all the stuff that it makes me the all the stuff that the sport does to make me hate it hopefully that makes sense hopefully that wasn't too roundabout let me summarize it for you i love the sport with a passion but every turn that we get to where everything seems to be clear and present to have the fights that we want to happen happen in a timely manner, when everybody's clamoring for it, something always gets in the way to try to gum up the works to make it so that we don't get the fight that transpires. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Call me a, a, a broken record, but doggone it, I'm, I'm scratched up because I need to repeat the same doggone sentiment every stinking time. This is why the UFC right now is at a higher popularity than the than, than the sport of boxing because of the fact that they don't trip over their own feet when it comes to giving us the matches that we want to see it is on a consistent basis and this is no different now we get a situation where ryan ryan garcia king ryan went handled his business last year fought his fights won and now okay boom all it was up to was for javante tick davis to handle hector luis garcia and then the super, or one of the major super fights that we are hoping to see for this year would be slated to happen. That's all we, that's all that needed to happen. Davis handles his business, beats Hector Garcia, knocks him out, 
Oh, excuse me, TKO and makes him quit on the stool. And boom, the stage is set. Don't you think? The reports were saying. Even Ryan Garcia himself said the the, the fight. He said this to Ariel Hawani on his show, the MMA Hour. The, the, the fight set for April. Around April 15th, I believe, was the date that he said. But the fight, and, and per other reports in the boxing world, that's what it's the consensus was, okay? April is going down. Ryan Garcia and Jamari Tank Davis, if they if both of them handled their business. And they did it. And now, what's going on? Oscar De La Hoya, owner and promoter for his promotion, Golden Boy, pro, 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 was it promotions, productions, whatever, it's Golden Boy, Pull some stupid messes like this. See, this is why, this is exactly what the problem is, not just in the larger sphere of the sport of boxing, but specifically with uh, uh, Oscar De La Hoya and how he is handling his promotion right now. One of the biggest reasons why this is so frustrating for me is because of the fact that we're looking at a young star that has a lot of clout, that has a lot of cachet, legitimate talent, and somebody who people clamor to see on the cusp of potentially jumping into his his his, his breakout and stardom. Yes, he is a star. Let's not get twisted. I'm not saying he isn't a star. But every great fighter has that one fight where, okay, boom. Oh, they're, they they... They're more than arrived. Now they're one of the people to beat. Every great fighter had that. Every great fighter had that. And has had that. Where you're rising up, you're a big star, you're a big name, and then you finally get the fight that turns you from more than now you're just a name, now you are a guy to beat. Not just because of hype, but because of legitimate. Oh, now this fight on this resume has given you the credence and the, 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 the requisite name that people can pinpoint and look to and say, oh, hey, this dude beat this guy. That means that he's, he's beyond just what fans are saying. He's beyond just. The, the 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 hype around his name. He's beyond just the 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 tomato cans that he maybe was was being fed early in his career. He's beyond just the 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 hot rise and the 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 the, the, the spectacular performances for from opponents that are not necessarily on his level. Now he fa he's faced somebody that is legitimately on or above his his level. His talent went performed and again me i can't speak for the rest of the boxing public i can speak for me for me if you win lose a draw if you put on an, a, a legitimately good performance your cachet goes goes up it's the truth if you win that's all the better but even if you lose if you go up against the, one of the best compared to where you are and you and you beat them or you put up a phenomenal performance even in a defeat you get a legitimate okay this is it this is now the star is really shining now because now we get the big picture of now that we see how you perform against a legitimate talent okay boom now we now this is who you are this is you have arrived arrived 
Not just in name, not just in hype, but in legitimate production against a legitimate requisite talent. That's what happens. Everybody gets the one big name or one big moment where it's boom. That's that. That's it. It's, 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 it one, the, the, you, you've had your career, you've had the first of your career defining moments. Or excuse me, the first of your major career defining moments. That that that's what this is. That's what we're on the cusp of, at least with Ryan Garcia. As well as with Javante Tank Davis, but, but sticking with Ryan Garcia in this regard, he he's if regardless of who, regardless of how you feel about him, regardless of where you think he would win or lose against Ryan against Tank Davis. Regardless of what you think he would knock him out or get knocked out, you can't deny that you're clamoring to see what he's going to do against somebody that is either at or above his skill level, depending on where you see Ryan Garcia at at this stage in his career, comparative to the talent level of Javante Tank Davis. That, that's the truth. Regardless of how you feel about him, regardless of how I feel about him, we want to see it. We need to see it because it is one of the pinnacle career-defining moments in Ryan Garcia's career that have to be answered for. We got to have, okay, come, when going up against this guy who's at this level, where does he stand? And even if he loses, like I said before, it can still do Great for your career. Just look at Isaac Cruz. When he faced off against Javante Tank Davis, he put on a great performance. His cachet went through the roof. Through the roof. Even though he lost the fight, went to a decision. It was competitive. He showed he, he, he's got grit. He shows he's got heart. He shows he's got legitimate. He, he's got legitimate power. He legitimately, even with the injury that Tank had, as the fight went on, in, in his in oh what was it? his wrist was it his left wrist one of his wrists I can't remember, but even with the injury, it was still Isaac Cruz put up a great performance, and Pitbull lived up to the name. And now people are are asking, oh I want to see him again. Oh, I can't wait to see him fight this guy. I can't wait to see him fight that guy. Oh I would love to see a rematch. It, it didn't it didn't hurt Isaac Cruz. It helped. Isaac Cruz because now people are clamoring to see him because now we see where he's at against top competition he's a legit contender and he's a legit guy that can give a lot of people a lot of trouble and if he improves even more we could potentially see oh an even closer bout if they rematch between him and Tank and maybe an upset happens I'm not saying it's going to happen I'm saying maybe the prospect is there because we saw what he was able to do it, it, it's, it's legitimate. And that's what happens when you are allowed or given the opportunity to show yourself against the best. Now, I don't want to, now again, say what you want about people ducking this, that, the third, this, that, or whatever. In this situation, right now, as it stands, from my perspective, but I don't see Ryan Garcia ducking. Because again, Oscar De La Hoya was the one that said, 
I am moving on and looking for another opponent. Ryan Garcia, ever since he went to Ariel Wani and said, oh, yeah, this fight's happening in April, he ain't said nothing else since. He ain't said nothing to contradict it. He ain't said nothing to go against it. He's still been talking back and forth with Javante Tank Davis. He still wants this fight. He's been saying he wants this fight. Tank says he wants this fight. Both parties say they want the fight, or both of the fighters say that they want this fight. So it's not on, from, my, from what I understand, Ryan Garcia in terms of, oh, he's the one that's holding up this fight to happen. Right now, it's looking like Oscar De La Hoya is doing his own fighter a disservice by not letting him get in the ring with Tank. And maybe he's just trying to blow smoke. Maybe he's just trying to cause a scene, make a bunch of noise just because he can't. Maybe that is the case. I'm not, I don't know his mind, but I do know his track record. I may not know how he thinks, but I know what he's done in the past. And I'm not even talking about we're, we're not going to we're not going to even get into the personal life, some of the craziness, the cocaine, the drugs, all that stuff. We're not going to get into that because that what he does is what he does. I hope he's better. Hope he's getting better. Hope he's he's nicked that vice and has gotten through that and gotten over that. But that's irrelevant. Strictly based on what he's done as a promoter, the cat is, is, is he's, he's messing up his own fighters' careers and trajectories. It's the truth. And look, right now it's looking like, to be perfectly honest, he seems like he doesn't want this fight to happen. Now, why would you say that, John? Why would you say something like that? Well, what's the sense in saying, oh, he doesn't want the fight to happen? These are the two biggest things. Well, they can happen. This can be two ways. One, it could be money. We know how this boxing game works. Again, I'm still, it's, it's still a deep level of convoluted mess that I'm still looking to understand because boxing uh, is corrupt and it messes up in so many ways that it's, you, you lose numbers. And when trying to count. But the one thing I can say that's a consistent thing is that boxing relies on the money. And that many times, especially in the modern day, post-Floyd Mayweather, with if the money's right, that's when we fight. Yeah, that's been the case for a while, but it really happened after the Floyd Mayweather or, or in the height of the Floyd Mayweather era. If the money's right, that's when we fight. And with promoters, we know that's been the case, but now it's really out in the open. When when a fight seems there, right there for the taking, and stuff just seems to always fall apart. And many times, it's because, oh, they want the money to be right. They want to be able to, to, to hold off and hype up the fights up until the, 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 the zenith of anticipation, and then boom. Cash out with the big payday. Everybody's happy and the promoter gets the most money possible. We get that. We know that's the sport. Absolutely. But while that's the case, one of the things that with this situation, at least from what we see from Oscar De La Hoya, is the fact that, well, you're at the point right now where if you don't get if you don't announce this fight and let this legitimately happen, 
you're going to lose interest. It's just the truth. You're going to lose interest. Even with the Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao, when they held off their fight up until five years too late, those are two of some of the greatest in the sport. That, that, that is an anomaly if fights wait that long to happen, to, to still cash out as big as they do. Because both were still performing well. Normally, if somebody's had a couple, a couple losses, and that's it. Fights off. There ain't no more big clamor. That type of that that type of sustained hype is not something that's common. It's not. You want to take a look at. Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua would have been the biggest British heavyweight fight that this sport had ever seen. If it happened in its prime, if it happened in its prime, even after Anthony Joshua lost and then retained or, or regained his championship, even after, would have been one of the biggest no, not one of the biggest British heavyweight bout, maybe the, just the biggest boxing bout in British history, and one of the biggest in the sport. Because two two of the faces of that country going up against going up against each other for all the belts would have been for undisputed. It, 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 it was what exactly what we wanted to see, not just the boxing purist fans. Finally getting an undisputed champion 20 years since Lennox Lewis. But also hometown, homegrown. Who is the real king of Britain? Who runs this country? Who is the real champ of the people? Inside of the ring. The the the, the loud, boisterous, six foot, what is he, six, eight, six, nine, Tyson Fury, or the clean cut. Chiseled Adonis, beloved by fans, a, a powerhouse of a boxer like Anthony Joshua. That's what the bill was, and it was set in stone. Boom, didn't happen. Now, people have moved on. Errol Spence Jr. versus Terrence Bud Crawford. I still want to see that fight, and that still will be the fight of the year in terms of the most anticipated fight in the boxing world outside of the undisputed heavyweight championship. And even then to a degree, you can argue it'll be, it'll be, it'll potentially be bigger. If not just, but at minimum, just as big, but the hype and the anticipation for that fight while it's there is not what it was a year ago. It's not. It's not what it was when it was when it was 2022 and it seemed like all those were pointing to early 2023 is happening or end of 2022 is happening. We're finally going to get it. These people before they get out of the prime, it's finally going to happen and we're going to get the mega fight that we've been waiting for that hopefully hopefully leads to a rematch, that hopefully leads to a trilogy, that hopefully leads to one of the greatest grudge matches that we've seen in boxing. Like Leonard versus Hearns. Like Marvin Hagler versus 
versus versus Thomas Zimman Hurts. Like Leonard versus Hagler, like Leonard versus Durant. And keep going on and on and on. Like Ali versus Ken Norton. Like Ali versus Frazier. Shoot, like Gotti Ward. I'm not saying it was going to be just that knockdown, drag out war, even though it can be. Because those two people want to bang. Those brothers want to bang with each other if it comes down to it. They'll do it in a heartbeat. And they got the heart to keep it going for 12 rounds. But, akin to those phenomenal trilogies and rematches and of, of, of two fighters going, uh, 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 going at each other on a, d- 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 consistently, trying, constantly proving who's the best, not afraid to lose and going back and fighting, showing the heart, showing the passion, showing... The, the, the purity that is boxing and that is fighting, which is making sure that amongst, uh, bar anything else, you don't give up. Who is willing to dig deeper? Though the, 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 that fight was going to be akin to the fights that I heard and got to go back and watch that embodied oh this is what this sports is about two of the best going at each other like Chicago Robinson and Jake LaMotta when they went multiple times there are so many Pacquiao versus Juan Manuel Marquez these these legendary bouts grudge matches and wars not just because of, of, of again the in-ring product, which is great, but it's the fact that they finally stepped into the ring. And and despite whatever the outcome was, went and ran it back, and went and ran it back again. And regardless of who won or who lost, it was a definitive level of respect. And cachets of both fighters lifted up. Because now your name is attached to something that can never be erased from history. You're attached to an ideal. Not an idea, but an ideal. When you get attached to an idea, that's something that anybody, that, that, that is something that people want to latch on to. But an ideal is something that people strive to be like. And when, and when it comes to the pinnacle of what boxing is supposed to be at its core, when you face off against the best of the best, that is the ideal that people want to follow in and try to copy, which is better for the sport. But if you're Oscar De La Hoya and you're willingly going out of your way to blow smoke and say stupid stuff that doesn't make any sense, not just for the boxer, but for you as a promoter, it just ruins the sport. Because it's not our fault that you lost Canelo Alvarez. It's not our fault that you lost one of the biggest boxers in the world in terms of name and in terms of talent. It's not, it's not my fault that you let that you that you couldn't do what needed to be done as a promoter and you let him go and now you're getting ready to hold back another 
great fighter, another big name, one of the biggest in the sport, with an already thin stable of fighters at your disposal. Golden Boy only got two people that are legitimate big names. Ryan Garcia and Virgil Ortiz. That's it. That's it. From my understanding and from what I see and from what I know about the promotion, the only, those are the only two. You ain't built up not another brother or sister in your stable. You ain't built up not one. Other promotions have gone the route of also one-track minds in terms of only building up one fighter, understandably. So that's a problem throughout the sport. But we're specifically talking about Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy Promotions. And Golden Boy Promotions and Oscar De La Hoya have failed both Ryan Garcia and themselves. Because now it just seems like you you know that Ryan doesn't have a shot. Because you say, oh, we don't get, if we don't get a contract by Monday, oh, fight's off. It's over. We're done. We're moving on. But national holiday, most people are out and have the day off. Are not working, so you choose to throw the empty threat. If we don't get, uh, if we don't get a contract on a day that most legal teams and legal people, to my knowledge, are off of work and can't and can't further negotiate or draw up a legitimate good contract in terms of for Javante Tank Davis to send to Oscar De La Hoya. Oh, we're not going to get it. You going to do something stupid like that? We see what's going on. Either A, you're trying to draw out the fight more and more and more to build more money. Or B, you don't believe that Ryan Garcia can win against Javante Tank Davis, even as, as his promoter. Hence, you're trying to stave off this fight as long as possible up until you can find it's finally you have no choice and the money will never be as good up until if I don't get the fight going right now. Which in my in my opinion, the money will never be as good unless you get this fight going right now. In my estimation, because people are going to get tired of, of waiting. They're going to get tired of waiting. They're going to get tired of waiting. We need the fights that we want to see. And if you don't get it, see, you can you can even, if you just announce and confirm the fight and you do correct promotion, because you are a promoter, you can make a ton of money without having to have just an extended period of time. Waiting, because these are no longer fighters that you need to build up in Tank and Ryan Garcia. These are established big names, two of the biggest in the sport right now, with a with a plethora of rabid fans in each corner wanting to see them kill the opposition. Which is, if you're in Ryan's camp, it's Tank, and if you're in Tank's camp, it's Ryan. The amount of backlash from anybody saying anything about any of those two fighters. Is at an all-time high, thanks to the world of social media. So, doggone it, if you can't get any bigger than just announcing the fight and doing the requisite promotion, promos, um, uh, uh, media, PR, and you actively advertising the fight, well, brother, we're going to stop caring. 
We're going to stop caring and move on. Because we got too much stuff coming down the pipe potentially for us to constantly be holding on to what potentially may happen. It's stupid. This sport is stupid when it comes to that regard. This is why the UFC consistently is gaining more and more and more popularity. Boxing just had one of his best years last year. We got fights left, right, and center last year. Phenomenal. It was great. It was great. Bevo fighting Canelo, Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano in what I think is still fight of the year for 2022. Deontay Wilder's comeback. Usyk versus Anthony Joshua, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. It was great. So what the world? And UFC is still continually getting more, at least in the States, a lot more exposure because they're giving the fights that fans actively want to pay money for and see. Like what the world? They just announced John Jones versus uh, 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 Surreal Gone for the heavyweight championship. If I remember correctly. No, if I understand correctly. For the heavyweight championship. Yeah, for the heavyweight title. Two years out the ring. Immediately comes back. Boom, you get a title shot. Similar to when Lent, Sugar Ray Leonard, five years out. What was it? What was it? Four or five years out the ring? How long was it? However long it was. I'm, I'm going to say five years out the ring. When it fought Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Immediately. Now, whether you think it's deserved that Jones should get a title shot Right out the gate. Hey. I, I think he should have to work his way back up. At least take a tune-up fight just to get comfortable with fighting at the weight class. And also because there's a couple other people in front of him that you deserve it. But, but, even with that, the fans want to see him back. And they would love to see him back on the biggest stage of all. Potentially making, doing a monumental feat. Dana White said, okay, you want that? And Francis Ngannou's out, or not even, not out, excuse me, not fighting for us right now? Okay, make it make it happen. Giving the fans the fight that they want to see. We, we know, we understand the UFC is different from boxing. We understand the whole one, it's, it's a quote-unquote one world government, quote-unquote, in the world of UFC in terms of Dana White is the head of everything, and when he makes a fight, well, that's just it. He makes the schedule, he makes the fights. There's only one guy controlling who fights who. And one guy saying, okay, go. That's it. Unlike in boxing, we got a bunch of different sanctioning bodies, a bunch of different motions, doing this, that, and the third, like we're experiencing right now with Oscar De La Hoya and Ryan Garcia, or potentially holding up the fight with Javante Tank Davis. It is, this is why. This is one of the problems. I don't care whether you love or hate Javante Tank Davis. I don't care whether you love or hate Ryan Garcia. There is an indisputable fact that right now, Oscar De La Hoya is shooting himself and his promotion in the foot by consistently doing this dumb mess and constantly holding up the fights that we want to see for some reason or another. 
All because he's just his only golden goose in his stable. It didn't even bother picking up and 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 building up anybody else. Again, him and Virgil Ortiz are it. Ryan Garcia and Virgil Ortiz, that's it. That's the only names that he has in his stable that are legitimate, big, or at least known names in the boxing world. That's it. Hasn't built up any of his women. Hasn't built up anybody else in the division. None of the other welterweights. None of the other heavyweights. None of, no, none, nothing. And when you lose, if you lose Ryan Garcia, and I hope Ryan Garcia leaves and becomes an independent boxer, signing contracts of only one fight, maybe two, and then you back on your own thing. That's what's going to be better for the rest of the sport. Everybody only doing that and that alone, only having one fight or two fights with a promotion and then moving on. Collecting belts, facing every major target in your path, and then being able to freely jump across the street to fight whoever the world you want to fight. Because the fighters are not the ones that are weak for the most part. Fighters are not the ones that are weak. One, because they're fighters. Anybody that steps into the ring is worthy of respect, praise, and love because you're risking your life. Mentally, they're not weak. They want to fight. Yeah, they understand business, but they also understand they understand the business side of boxing. But they also, even on a on a big bigger scale, understand the business side of legacy. And what that is is that when you have built up a legacy, the money comes. You get that legacy from fighting the best of the best, rematching the best of the best, putting yourself in danger. They understand that because they grew up watching the people that they loved to see fight do that exact same thing. So because of that, they get it. But they can't do it because of the promoters who are right now in control of them. Get rid of them. Be independent. Please, if you're a boxer, be independent. And go take out everybody so that now you can be the Canelos, the Tyson Furies, the Anthony Joshua's of the world in terms of, oh, you got you 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 are the man to beat. And everybody's gunning for you because you proved yourself. Fighters understand that. Promoters don't want to risk that because they one loss in this sport apparently ruins your entire career. Which is ignorant, stupid, and terrible way that this sport is, has, has let itself go to. Again, the UFC fighters can have can have can fighters can have a, ten losses. Nate Diaz, one of the most beloved fighters in the world, has what, over 10 plus losses? Will go into the Hall of Fame, and every fight that he goes into, everybody will want to see. Everybody. I don't care how outmatched it would be. Everybody wants to see because they know what his legacy is. And his legacy is every fight with him is an absolute war. That's the case. Conor McGregor taking a taking a bunch of loss has lost the majority of every shoot has lost a lot against the top in his division. Still one of the most recognizable and one of the most marketable names in that sport. That when he comes back to fight, 
everybody's going to still want to go see it. Because the losses don't necessarily dictate your greatness. It's what you do inside of the ring. If you put up an incredible performance, you can lose. And it's okay. You're still seen as a legitimate threat because you are a legitimate threat. You're not seen as, oh, he's got three losses. Oh, he's a tomato can. Oh, he's got one loss. Oh, this brother belongs nowhere near the top 10. Oh, he's not undefeated. Oh, shoot. Oh, this brother's a bum. He's a scrub. He's trash. That's what it's like on the boxing sphere. That's not what it's like inside of the UFC sphere. Because fighting is bigger than just wins and losses. Again, fighting is an ideal. If you can set the standard for an ideal and reach said ideal and embrace what the pinnacle of the sport is, you will get love. Risking yourself, allowing yourself to potentially lose, letting yourself be put in the fire and saying, well, if I didn't make it out this time, I'm going to make it out the next time. But doggone it, I made it tough. And you best believe you face me again, it's going to be a different story. That's the pinnacle of the sport. Fight. Do your best. If you lose, hey, if you win, great. Either way, if it's if it was a good fight, we're running it back. Or who's next? Let's get it on as quickly as possible. And if I lose, I lose. And if I win, I win. But I'm going to put on a show, and I'm going to show you why I'm worthy of the acclaim that I have. I'm going to show you I'm the better man, and more than anything, I'm going to show you that I'm worth being in this ring. That's what the sport's about, doggone it. And promoters like Oscar De La Hoya are doing stupid mess to hold the progress of these fighters up to where they have the ability to legitimately build their legacy. I hope Ryan Garcia gets out of Golden Boy promotions and only signs one, two, one or two fight contracts with every, with every promotion from henceforth as he goes through and fights the best in the division. Oh, that's the case. Well, he's moving up and moving down. Every fight, only one or two contracts. And you fighting, and, and after that, boom, who's the next guy? Keep it going. Keeping independent is what I'm looking for. Oscar De La Hoya, you're stupid. Oscar De La Hoya, you're dumb. Oscar De La Hoya, you as a promoter are making yourself look like a fool and embodying the worst of this sport right now. And you're the reason why, or you're one of the reasons why, this sport's going down the tube. Because you keep getting in front of your own way. If you want this sport, if you want this fight to get more money, guess what you need to do? Promote! Because you're a promoter. Don't do the stupid mess. Like going about and doing idiotic things and making idiotic statements, false threats, and whatnot. Like you did on Monday. Because it's absolutely stupid. As absolutely stupid that you're going to get into the, get in the progress, get in the way of progress from this great fighter 
like Ryan Garcia. Dumb. Ignorant. Ignorant. You're the problem. You're the problem. You are the problem. And until it, 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 it's, it's, it makes me so mad. Makes me so mad. It's an empty threat because it's a desperate threat. As that's what I see. It's an empty threat because it's a desperate threat because of the fact you know that if you, if, if Ryan Garcia does in fact lose, oh, my golden goose is gone. Even though he's still a top fighter. Even though he can still rematch. Even though he can still, if you don't want an immediate rematch, oh, take us a couple other fights. Fix what wasn't happening in the Davis fight. If he did lose, come back and fight Davis again. It's not difficult. It's not difficult. Boxing isn't difficult. Boxing is the easiest thing in the world. I train. I fight. Whatever the outcome, I do it again. If the fight was great, we do it again. If that fight was great, we rematch a third time. If it if not, okay, boom. I go back to the drawing board, reevaluate, take a couple other fights, reinvent myself, go back into the fray, challenge you again if it was just an outright white rush. If I get the opportunity. And the cycle continues until the career is done. All along the way, consistently making sure that I challenge myself. And I'm not going to give up. That's it. All you have to do is have faith in your fighter. And back them. And not let a loss scare you from the prospect of greatness. Right now, Oscar De La Hoya, you look scared. And I hate it for you. No, I hate it for Ryan Garcia. I don't hate it for you because right now you're just, again, you're the problem. And I hope Ryan Garcia gets away from the problem, which is you. But for Ryan Garcia, I just want him to have a great career and him have the opportunity to fight every major player that's in his era right now. That's not going to happen with Oscar De La Hoya at the forefront. It's not. Because you can lose and grow. I don't know why that's so hard. You can lose and grow as a boxer. And come back better. You can, it, it can happen. It can absolutely happen. Makes no sense why people want to be so scared for it. No, it doesn't make sense. Money. But, but again, you won't get that money if you don't put yourself out there. It's, 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 you see you see how the cycle just continues, how the circle just constantly goes around and around and around with the reasoning for why stuff doesn't happen. If you're scared to fight because you don't want to lose money or you don't want to 
ruin your golden goose. You don't want to ruin your golden goose because you want to have a big cash out for the mega fight. But you won't get the mega fight unless you fight. And if you do fight the mega fight and lose, well, hey, you lose money. But you ain't going to get to the point where you can make that money in the first place if you don't put yourself out there to get threatened to potentially lose. It's a circle. It's a circle. It's a circle of excuses. And it's stupid. Doggone it, it's so stupid. That's how I feel about this whole situation. Empty promises and empty threats from Oscar De La Hoya makes him seem scared. It could be that he wants to linger the fight, make it build up cachet, but at this point, you're not going to get any bigger than when you announce the fight. Right now. Because if you keep on waiting and keep on waiting, What's going to happen? Somebody may potentially lose. And then now that major payday is out the water. Out the, as it's, 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 boom, shoot, exploded. This, that's what's happened to the fight. It's blown up. Your mega fight is no more because somebody has an L. Stupid, man. It's so stupid. And that L can come from you. That L can come on your fighter's record or the opponent's record. Either way, one person loses. Your boxing is looking for a perfect storm. Promoters, not boxing, promoters, excuse me, let me rephrase that. Promoters in boxing are looking for a perfect storm whenever they have a cash cow. Consistently, a perfect storm. Immaculate record running through everybody. And everybody gets all the money. Or excuse me, you the promoter get all the money. And potentially, and, and successfully jip the opposing side from getting funds. That's what, that's what happens. This whole sport is built on, or promoters build up this whole sport not the sport itself the sport itself is 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 pure it's like it's like basketball uncle drew said it best in his movie basketball's the greatest thing in the world you bounce it and it comes right back simple as that boxing simple as that you fight you 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 train you fight you recover go back and you don't give up in its purest form. Promoters are the ones that are skewing up this sport. And they are looking to, we want to fight, sure. But we want to make a fight. We want the perfect storm every time our best fighter gets into the fray. Have faith in who you have in your stable. If they lose, so what? Your job as a promoter is still to promote and keep them as a legitimate contender by not losing faith in them just because of a couple losses. It's stupid. We'll never get to the, well, we will never get to the Pacquiao's or the Floyd's or the Sugar Ray Leonard's or the Sugar Ray Robinson's, the Ali's, the Frazier's, the Foreman's. The Ken Norton's even. The Willie Peps. The Ricardo the 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 the, the um 
Nicoleon uh, Loche. Hopefully I'm saying his name right. The Pernell Whitakers. Shoot. The Oscar De La Hoyas of the world. We're never going to get to those fighters having that level of cachet if, if the promoters don't let them step into the ring. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. It's stupid, but it's not going to happen. The Roberto Durans, all these great fighters got into the ring with the best of the best. Win, lose, or draw. The Georgia Joe Walcotts, the Joe Lewis's, the Max Schmelling's, Joe, Joe Johnson, or excuse me, Jack Johnson, excuse me. They got into the ring. Plain and simple, they got into the ring. And just did it. Fighters today still have that mentality, but promoters are the ones that are letting them not reach that reality of what boxing could be. Once we get promoters out the way, or promoters have faith in their fighters and just make the fights, we won't get back to that golden age that we clamor for. And fight's going to keep getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. Until finally, it's just, it's nothing. Until finally, it's nothing. Until we get into the same rut over and over and over again. Hopefully, we get out of that. I pray that we get out of that. My goodness, I pray that we get out of that. But moving on to the next topic of the day. The Dallas Mavericks have beaten the Buccaneers. Oh, my God. Not not Mavericks, excuse me. The Dallas Cowboys. Moving on to the NFL world. I don't know why I moved to the NBA. To the NFL world. The Dallas Cowboys have beaten the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh my gosh. Wait a minute. Oh shoot. This is huge. This is big. This is monumental because of the fact that now, more than ever, we have a potential time when, dare I say, dare I say, Against all odds, we could see the Cowboys in the Super Bowl? What? What? Are you kidding me? The the, the, the fog potentially lifted from this Dallas Cowboys organization, constantly going from 8-8, eight 8-8, and 8-8, eight, eight and eight, eight and eight. from, from the, the, the infinity circle, or excuse me, the Cowboys can be defined as the infinity symbol because they're constantly 8-8. Eight and eight. Eight and eight. They were constantly eight and eight. No matter how the seasons went about. But now, oh Lord, now, a couple of seasons of 12 and four, uh, 10, was it? 12 and four, 10 and six, or whatever the world, the records were over the past couple of years. And now they're on the cusp. Oh my gosh, they're on the brink. This team could actually win the Super Bowl. They have a legit, this is the best shot that they've had since Troy Aikman won it. Was it 95? I believe it was 90. I believe it was Troy Aikman. But since he won it in 95, the, 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 the closest that they've been to getting there, because their defense is elite. Their defense is elite. Micah Parsons is elite. Able to consistently get to Tom Brady in this, what was it, 31 to 4? I believe it was a 31 to 14 win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Consistently able to pressure Tom Brady, consistently able to get in to get in his face. 
and 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 disrupt his rhythm. And then on offense, everything just clicked like that. It was great. CD Lamb getting wide open. The running game was there. Dak Prescott had an incredible performance. Five touchdowns, one running, four passing, over 300 yards, 100 plus QBR. It was a sight to behold if you're a Cowboys fan. And this is this is the year. This is this this is the year. Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott running phenomenally, getting consistent holes. Dak Prescott, after being injured. And potentially having Cooper Rush, questions of Cooper Rush, is he going to be your QB? Is he actually the guy that you should be investing money into? Is he the man that should actually be the leader for this Dallas Cowboys offense? After Dak Prescott has had some lackluster games. Absolutely. My goodness. This was a statement game. This Everything came together. And if this is the best that the Dallas Cowboys can play, you have a legitimate shot. Now, mind you, they still got to get through San Francisco. Yes, they do. San Francisco now with the with the new revamped roster of Debo Samuels, of Christian McCaffrey, and of Brock Purdy, who has been playing absolutely insane since he's gotten the starting role over Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe, due to injury. He's been playing phenomenal. There's no other way to say it. He's been playing great, and he's been putting this offense he, he's been wanting the highlights of this offense. They are a three-headed monster right now, and Brock Purdy is one of the three heads of this monster. It's it it it. They they have all the weapons. San Francisco is a phenomenally built team, both defensively and offensively. Defensively with 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 um who is it? I believe it's Nick Boza leading the charge on this. Defensive squad for the San Francisco 49 for the San Francisco 49ers. I could be wrong, but I don't believe I am. And offensively, they have they got weapons. It's 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 just it's a squad. Nick Bosa, that's it. Nick Bosa. Yep, I was right. Nick Bosa leading the defensive squad, and Brock Purdy, Chris, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. Kyle Jesuit has always been a phenomenal fullback. Uh, O-line is great with Trent Williams leading the charge. It is truly a phenomenally built squad. And this might be their biggest test. This could be, potentially. As of this moment, well, of course, shoot, every game at this point is going to be the biggest test. So let's, let, let, let me rephrase that. Every game at this point in time is going to be the biggest test. Absolutely. We're not looking ahead. We can only look to the immediate. And in the immediate, you have a Dallas Cowboys squad who defensively constantly getting pressure, constantly being able to cover in the backfield, consistently, consistently able to stop the run and, and mitigate this Buccaneers squad to only a pass-centric offense and able to shut that down as well. They did a great job of tipping passes, reading screens, shutting down in the backfield. It was perfection if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. Anybody watching this Dallas Cowboys squad, this was the best that they have played this year. And my goodness, 
If they can keep playing like this, the Super Bowl is not out the question. They have a real shot at beating the San Francisco 49ers. That is the truth. They do. They really do. But it's based on Dak's Dak's consistency. And if this is going to be the way that he plays throughout the entire year. Because we know what Gallup and C.D. Lamb can do. It's been Dak Prescott who has been underwhelming up until this game. And now this game, he showed up and showed out. He can keep that same consistency. And the defense led by Micah Parsons can actively stop the, 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 how do we say this? What's the best word to describe the 49ers offense? Multifaceted, multifaceted, unique style of the 49ers and stop Debo Samuel or excuse me you can't stop Debo Samuel contain Debo Samuel contain the multifaceted game of Christian McCaffrey and at least shut down two of the three uh, monsters right now on the San Francisco 49ers squad hey that's one, that's one of the best offenses in the league. If they can keep on showing up defensively against this squad, you're looking at, you're looking at a, again, just further building up the legitimate potential that this Dallas Cowboys team is no longer a squad that can just be overlooked. It's no longer a squad that can just be seen as, oh, ah, they're the Cowboys if what is it what what is it that's always said about him from the great Stephen A. or some people say great, some people say you know the annoying, whatever you want to call him, he's a man of many hats and of many names, but of the successful Stephen A. You can say that about him. What does he normally say? What can go wrong will go wrong. That's what I was saying. What can go wrong will go wrong. That's what's normally said about the Dallas Cowboys. You can't say that about this squad right now. You can't. Because right now, what could have gone wrong has been done right by this Dallas Cowboys squad. And what could have gone wrong was two things. One, injuries, because we know how, how absolutely detrimental this game can be on the human body. Again, Grimes went down in this blowout game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at another moment similar to DeMar Hamill of the brother was struggling to get up Hopefully, I hope, I hope and pray that Grimes is okay, and it's 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 no it's nowhere near a a a major injury. I believe Grimes was his name, but I hope and pray that is nothing severe, nothing lifelong. But that's just a, a testament to how brutal this game is on the human body. And injuries are a legitimate concern when it comes to the game of football. When it comes to the, the, the Dallas Cowboys. And because of that, one, health is one of the bigger concerns. And two, whether Dak Prescott continues to play at this high level. If he can keep playing like this, the bottom may not fall out from under this team. And we could see this team legitimately make its way to a Super Bowl contender. 
or no, to a Super Bowl appearance since the first one since the 90s. We could see it. Don't overlook the squad. Do not. If this does happen, the NFL world is going to explode. The NFL world is going to explode. Explode. Because this is America's team, one of the most beloved and one of the most hated. People from far and wide will, will come to see this team lose, let alone win. It'll be, it, it, it'll be, it will be pandemonium. I'm here for it. I am here for it. It's a tall order to go against San Francisco, absolutely. But I am here for it. Everything bodes well. Now, even though they lost, or excuse me, now, even though Dallas won, and that's the main celebratory aspect of this, of, of Monday night, the bigger story is what is going to happen with Tom Brady. That's what we go. This is our last topic. What's going to happen with Tom Brady? Now that he's been knocked out the playoffs. It's, it's, I've been said it's time for him to retire after this season. And right now, there's more than enough evidence to say, Tom, it's time to wrap it up and call it a career. This is it. Reports, or, 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 or I believe, what was it, from ESPN or one of the insiders for the NFL, when said that he went back or in his press conference went back and and did a heartfelt thank you and like, like, like more than normal when you go to a press conference saying he appreciates everybody that was there truly appreciate y'all doing this on a consistent basis really for real means a lot to him sounds like retirement three teams were slated to call him like you heard on the ESPN and ABC broadcast three teams were were Slated to call him at the end of this season, at the start of next season, for his services for him to be a QB in the NFL. Well, we don't know if those three teams are still going to be actively wanting to pick up the phone after what they saw last night. And we also don't know whether or not he's going to go back and play with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's, 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 this was... Not a good game for Tom Brady. And he's been a phenomenal QB. But it's 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 apparent that he's just not there. Like Brett Favre, it's apparent that it's time for you to walk away. Overthrowing receivers all game. Underthrowing receivers all game. Missing passes that normally you would not miss at all. Getting pressured. And underperforming under that pressure when the defense is collapsing on him. Making bad decisions. Making bad throws. That's something we... It's uncompensated about somebody like Tom Brady. But that's what was happening. That's exactly what was happening. And with that happening, now you're looking at a stage where it's, it's, it's just not there. This could be a situation where outside... 
uh, uh, um, situations are bleeding into his ability to play on the field. Again, you got the divorce and all that mess going on in the house. And not necessarily knowing what to do after football. Based on what I understand from his camp and from him. And from reports in the NFL. A lot of stuff is, is in flux with Tom Brady right now. And because of that, it's a legitimate question of what is going to happen. What are you going to do? And I really don't think what his answer should be is I'm coming back for another season. Yes, people may want to see him play. Shoot, I would like to see him play again because it's greatness. You want to see greatness try to be great one more time. But you right now it's looking like you just do not have it. You don't have it. You just you just don't have it. It's just not there anymore. As a quarterback. Overthrew Mike Evans a bunch of times. Overthrew your your tight end a bunch of times. It, it was it's like I get that Tampa Bay this whole season was not anywhere up to par that it should have been this year. I get that. Absolutely. I get that the running game was atrocious. I get that. But with that being said, and I get that their defense was in this game non-existent. And it has been suspect this whole season. I get that. The blame is not on Tom Brady solely for why this team did not perform. But... What is on Tom Brady is his individual production and how he looked. And he did not look like a quarterback that that is able to actively lead in the same caliber that he used. It's time for him to retire in my estimation. And it's time for him to call it a career. He's been great for so long. It's crazy that we're saying, uh, what the world get out of the league, old man? Because he's he hasn't been performing like an old man up until this point, up until this season. Was it not last season or two seasons ago? He had like five thousand yards. Didn't he just win the Super Bowl a couple years ago? Wasn't he just in the running for MVP? Like these, this, this is stuff that we should never. Be saying about somebody that's 45 years old. But objectively, right now, you don't look like a player that can play at that same caliber. And right now, it's looking like you're going to play worse and worse and worse. And I know you don't want that for yourself, Tom Brady. I know that's not what you want to do anymore. And you yourself, I believe Tom Brady himself said, I, when I can't do this no more is when I'm going to stop playing. When I can't play at a high level, that's when I know it's time for me to go. And right now, it's looking like you cannot play at a high level, Tom Brady. So it's time to call it a career. Wrap it up. It's time to go. If a team kid gives you another shot, okay, hey, if you want to take it, take it, that's on you. But in my humble estimation, you've done enough. You've proved enough. You've got every major legitimate record for a quarterback. Seen as the greatest of all time in this sport as a QB, maybe as a player as well. I, there's nothing else for you to do. 
And I know you don't want to. I don't. I know you don't want to make your tail end of career have a bad taste in his mouth, or have a bad taste in the fans' mouth, have a bad taste in your mouth. So if you don't want that, and I don't want that, and the league doesn't want that. Retire for good. It's up to you. Whatever decision you make, we respect. Absolutely. You've earned the right to do whatever you want. But even with that being said, there is an understanding that we see that you don't have it. You know that you're not playing up to where you want to play. You may not be able to get back to where you want to play at that same level. So it's time to call it a career. And I hope, I really hope you you retire. I hope you retire. So we can finally look back and celebrate like we should definitively the greatness which is you. Instead of constantly, hopefully, or hopefully not, but it could be legit reality, constantly watching as further and further we're groaning you coming out on the field. And it gets hard to watch. I don't want to see that. Fans don't want to see that. So it's time to wrap it up and call it a career. At least in my humble estimation. That's what I got to say on it. But, no, uh, excuse me, not that. Not that. Wrong sound effect. But, this has been another episode of The World Report. I'm so glad for you joining in and listening to me today. Just remember, we're on right here on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Podcast, and major podcasting platform. Thank you all for listening. You've been beautiful. You've been wonderful. Share the channel and share the show with everybody that you know so you can build up this empire and we gonna get out. Peace and love. We are out of here. <laughs>